Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, September 30th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the playbook Democrats are using to avert a government shutdown. Number two, what's going to happen on infrastructure. And number three, our latest five questions. All right, Jake, let's get into it. Last night, Congress decided to go out to the ball game, play <laughs> their Republicans versus Democrats annual uh, event at Nats Park instead of working in the halls of Congress to actually keep the government open. But it appears they do have a plan. Yeah, that makes sense, right? I mean, we are now, it's uh, 19 days from uh, from defaulting on the debt. Uh, we are... Uh, Less than 24 hours from a government shutdown, we are um, on the brink of the, of collapse of, of a major part of the president's agenda, at least temporarily, and they played a baseball game. Uh, not as if they couldn't play, they could cancel the baseball game, but anyhow. Um, so I guess we could start with government funding, right? I mean, they're going to do, they're going to, they're going to avert a shutdown today, um, almost certainly. There, the the Senate moves at ten thirty this morning to pass the um, to pass a government funding bill, and the House will then take up the bill in the early afternoon, probably pass it by four or five, six o'clock, something of that nature, maybe a little bit earlier. And I guess that's one crisis off the table, um, and there's no shutdown, so I guess we could consider that good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're doing basically the bare minimum. Um, it seems a little bit kind of uh, apt for Congress these days. Uh, let's move on then because, you know, we, we all think everybody agrees that this shutdown isn't going to happen. It might be a longer day than we would hope or certainly Congress would hope because oftentimes there's delays during these things. There's going to be amendments uh, in the Senate that are going to be considered. But for all intents and purposes, it appears that this is going to happen. The, the government will continue to operate. Uh, let's move on to the number two story of the morning for us, uh, which is what happens with this bipartisan infrastructure bill. Speaker Nancy Pelosi is in a high wire act, I would say, trying to pressure moderates and progressives to support this bipartisan infrastructure bill that is still scheduled still on the schedule for today, uh, even though by all measures, it appears that uh, it, it, she will probably have to pull it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You, you and I have been watching Nancy Pelosi for a really, really, really long time. Um, and typically when she thinks she's going to pass a bill, she says that, right? I mean, I don't think Nancy Pelosi is known to be uh, shy about about her ability to pass legislation. And, and here, you know, what I've, I've I spoke to her two or three times yesterday, and one thing she said is, uh, I, this is not exactly a quote, but I'm taking it hour by hour. Um, and to me, that was just a sign that she believes that um, she's going to have a tough time passing this infrastructure bill today. But I mean, Anna, I don't think it makes, like, I don't think this is the death of Joe Biden's agenda if she has to pull the infrastructure bill for the moment. I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, I, I think... It becomes way more complicated because the debt ceiling is in 19 days. But I mean, I don't know. You and I have seen a lot of people pull bills in the past and and come back and be able to to, to clear the agenda. 
I think that's right. I also, I mean, this is really kind of a false deadline, right? There right. is no reason why this bill needs to pass date certain today. Um, I think we've always thought, I mean, I always thought this was going to be much more complicated going into a fall, even end of the year scenario uh, where we have been before with, with some of these massive packages over the holidays. Um, you know, I do think when it gets closer to November, December time period, then it be the real rubber hits the road here. But you know, it's not a great look for them to have to postpone this vote, but it's certainly, to your point, I don't think it's the death nail of infrastructure or, you know, it, the gloom and doom of the end of the Biden era necessarily as much as, uh, you know, some people might might like to speculate. But I do think it does highlight um, what we said like a month ago, right? So, I mean, the moderates cut this deal with Nancy Pelosi to have an infrastructure vote by September 27th. At the time, you and I wrote and said and used all of our used all of the media channels that you and I have to say it was a stupid deal. It was a stupid deal for a lot of reasons. And let's just review them for a second. We said at the time that this would allow progressives to hold up the the transportation bill if they didn't like how reconciliation was going. And what are they doing? They're holding up the transportation bill because they didn't like they don't like how reconciliation is going. Uh, so like this is not a surprise here. This is exactly how these things play out. They were given a leverage point and now they're using it, the progressives. And the moderates look like dopes. I hate to say it. I mean, and if you're a progressive, Anna, why the hell do you trust Joe Manchin? I mean, we saw Joe Manchin's statement last night saying it was too everything was too expensive and this is fiscal insanity. I mean, moderates feel progressives feel like they've already uh, like compromised. They're at three and a half trillion. Pramila Jayapal, the chair of the Progressive Caucus, told us she wanted the bill to be six between six and ten trillion a couple months or three or four months ago. I mean, come on, this is like a this is the most obvious end to this, and I, I, I think the most difficult thing for this um, for this Congress is going to be that this is all now wrapped up in the debt ceiling. Like, not only could these people stop pretending that these two bills aren't linked, now they're linked to the debt ceiling. <laughs> and so now we have, like, it's not a cliff, but it's certainly like a big, big, big legislative pileup in the middle of October, could last until November, could easily last until December. Certainly going to be interesting to see how if they decouple or or they try to you know go go it alone on what you know raising the the debt limit. It's going to be some you know some strategy to see how they can push forward. I think the real question and and I, doubting Speaker Pelosi is something we often talk about. You do it your own peril, but I mean this is really I think you know her biggest lift yet, uh, given the margins, given where the caucus is and given where, and frankly the power that, you know, Joe Manchin and, and Kirsten Sinema have in the Senate and have in the ability to kind of force the number to get smaller, force a lot of these issues that are critical issues to a lot of Democrats and really fundamental. I mean, I think there's fundamental differences here between what, the, to your point, where the progressives are and where the moderates are and bridging that divide is going to be extremely difficult. And I just, you haven't seen the Biden administration's engagement make any difference right now. Yeah, um, I just want know. to say one more thing, Anna. A, a Republican senator uh, said to me last night, she's trying to pass an FDR-sized agenda without an FDR-sized majority. I mean, she she was 
I don't doubt her either. She's she's the, the most skilled legislator of our lifetime. But when she passed Obamacare, remember, she had dozens of votes to spare in the House. And like between 59. And it was still tough. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And 59 to 60 votes in the Senate. I mean, we forget how large her majorities were during the Obamacare. You and I were there, and it's easy to remember. I mostly remember how late the nights were and how annoying that process was. But she did that with massive majorities. She has no room for error. I mean, a lot of progressives and moderates said to me in the last couple days, like, we might just not pass this entire agenda. It might just not happen. Now, I don't think that's the case. I really don't. I think they'll get I think they'll get some version of this done but i mean again no majority no effectively no majority in the house literally no majority in the senate a one vote margin with the vice president in uh and that's just it's it's brutal all right on that positive note let's go to the number three uh story of our our day in punchable news am we lay out our five questions the lingering questions about washington's crises confrontations and confusions so we are just more than 400 days away from the 2022 midterms uh very closely and a lot tighter gubernatorial election in virginia than many expected that's just a month away as we've just laid out for the past, you know, five or so minutes, the infighting between, you know, Democrats and in terms of infrastructure and social programs. Um, let's get to it. I mean, I think the big question, and we've already kind of gone through this one, is what is the Democrats' plan to raise the debt limit? They don't have one so far as we can tell. Um, you know, they continue to have this theoretical conversation, even though we are, you know, less than three weeks away. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm worried. And I mean, all the people, um, all the people on Capitol Hill that we reporters on Capitol Hill are also worried in that we are scary close to a, de- a, de- a default. Um, I, I, you, it beats me how this is going to end up. It's not going to end up with um, I don't think it'll end up with Mitch McConnell caving. Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi have both now said some version of we're not putting it in reconciliation, which is the fast track 50 vote process to get the debt ceiling through. Um it beats me, and I don't know. People like when we disagree, so why don't you disagree with me here and tell me that it's going to get done? <laughs> well, I think that's the question. That's why it's one of our five questions. I mean, I think the second part of that question is, is there a debt limit deal to be had, right? Like, is there a price or is there something that could move Mitch McConnell? We don't, I mean, no, so far, no, right? And there's no indication that tit for tat, he wants this. This is a, a bargaining chip. Um, by Republicans uh, in any in any measure. So I, I agree with you. I don't I'm not maybe quite as pessimistic as you. I do think that a lot of people, in particular leader leaders say things and in the moment that I think they believe to be true. And then when the political dynamics shift, when it gets, you know, two weeks out, when it gets a week out from that, all of a sudden the the pressure is ratcheted up on all sides. And, you know, as we both know, a debt default would be catastrophic potentially for the country in terms of this shaky economy coming out of COVID in terms of the markets. And so, you know, I do think we have a little bit of time left to your point. It is getting scary close, but I do, I'll, I'll I'll disagree with you and just being not quite as pessimistic (laughs) that it's, yeah, I just think, you know, the scary part to me is that in 2011 and 2013, uh, John Boehner had a price, right? He said he wanted this to, um, 
he wanted to cut spending, do something to Obamacare. And he always basically said, I'm going to raise the debt limit, but Obama's got to do something for me. McConnell's not saying that. Granted, configuration of government was different. Democratic president, Republican House, Democratic Senate. Uh, so, I mean, so that that's a different dynamic. I'll, I'll give you that. I just don't know what McConnell wants here. I mean, he's not said anything besides no. So he and and you need to do it in reconciliation. So I, you know, beats me how it's going to end up. All right. Well, the other questions we were looking at is looking at the, the uh, question of whether or not the Democratic progressives and the Joe Manchin Kirsten Cinema divide can be bridgeable. I think we went through that quite a bit already to this morning. And another question is, and I think this is one that everybody should be thinking about: is what. What does 2022 actually look like, right? I mean, they're going to do everything they can to get these two bills, whether or not they're successful or not, we'll see through. But, you know, what is the agenda? What does, you know, Joe Biden try to push in his second year of his tenure? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, the, the question becomes, I mean, that's why we're doing questions, because they are good questions. Um, you know, listen, I think, the question is, does, to me, does do Democrats feel like they need to put space between themselves and him? Um, and and uh, that will be interesting to watch over the next couple of weeks, next couple of months. Um, so, um, and furthermore, is there some sort of agenda for 2022? I mean, do they go back to police reform? Do they go back to, to bills to combat China? I mean, all those things are really interesting to me. And how much does this look like 2010? Because it feels like 2010 a little bit. Um, uh, a, a little bit more than you, than uh, Democrats would like, but it and it and and people are starting to say that on the record. All right, with that, thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.